Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get to head down to a place that uh, we've been quite a few times to uh, have a little chat with uh, someone we've known for quite a long time, too, and who's, uh, who's one of our shifters and has, is in the Vitality Engine and has come to our uh, Shift Unplugged in Australia. And uh, he, this guy, he's uh, been in practice for 13 years, graduated from New Zealand College of Chiropractic. He has two locations. He has seven chiropractors with a massage therapist, four CAs, and an admin person. Um, and he just had a brand new baby. And he has three kids now. And so, like, like I think we're going to learn on how to do lots with no energy and no sleep. So I think that's what our, our goal will be. So I really am excited to... Uh, Welcome, Dr. David Comley, to the podcast. Uh, hi, Don. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's um, awesome to be here. This is, yes. Um, yeah, good chance to get out of my comfort zone and um, you know have a have a chat like this. But it's 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 exciting. So thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into this into your story. Um, we've met quite a few times. I think the first time we met was at Fiji on Fire, wasn't it? Was that? Yeah, that the first yeah. Time? yeah. Uh, 2016 is the first Fiji on Fire. Yes. And um, yes, saw Brandy up on stage and was yeah really inspired and just loved it and had some good chats with you guys by the pool and um, yeah, it was great fun. It's always good to start a good conversation after good chiropractic talk and uh, at the nice pool yeah. with the nice weather outside, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was awesome. It's good. <laughs> so you're in, you're in Wellington in uh, New Zealand, right? Yep, yep, in Wellington. We've been, me, my wife's from Wellington. And we, uh, we moved here nine and a half years ago. We've got our 10th year um, with the practice being us since we started it, coming up in June. So, oh, so, cool. so we settled it here now. Yep. Now, so like I like to go with everybody, is that before we get too far into your current state, um, how did you even hear about chiropractic in the first place? Um, so when I, was, when I was a baby, I fractured my skull, had a big fall. Over ten feet fall, and um, and so I, I had a lot of chiropractic then, and um, my mum would just regularly take me to the chiropractor as a child. I um had a lot of trouble with how I was walking, and I had a lot of really big toe in. And um, as I as I got into my basketball, I really loved basketball, and I got into that in a big way, and um, I found that. The, the chiropractic made such a difference to how I performed, how I was able to run, uh, the fluid, fluidity of movement. And uh, so at that point, yeah, from you know, 10 or 11 years old, I actually hated getting taken. I was always like, oh, I don't need to go, mum, I'm fine. And, uh, <laughs> but every time afterwards, I was always really grateful. And, uh, but, you know, at that age, you, you know, you just don't think you need anything. And, um, yeah. and then my mum had, a lot of headaches so she she got uh, a dentist did her amalgams and did a bunch of them at once and threw out the the way the bite was sitting and that basically she had headaches daily severely since then and oh, wow. um chiropractic made a huge difference for her quality of life and basically been able to help her not have headaches constantly and um she still needs to get adjusted very regularly, uh, you know, I was thinking every second day to help that tension. But, um, you know, it's, it's a quality of life that she just wouldn't be able to have otherwise. So, so that, was, that was really amazing for me to see and yeah. just knowing that she could have that help. Um, and, yeah, as I, as I grew up, I think when I was 14, I really decided I wanted to be a chiropractor. Um, we didn't – I really wanted to do something that would help people. and. And I and I'd always had a great experience with Cairo, but I was thinking, oh, should I be a medical doctor or should I be a, a vet? Because that would help help animals and that helps people too. <laughs> um, or should I do chiropractic? And um, and I just I just loved that we could help people without 
medications and uh, had been let down a, a number of times in a number of ways by the medical system over my life, seeing how they'd handled things with my grandfather and just various things. Um, had a lot of uh, a lot of antibiotics myself as a baby. Lots of photos of me with a big uh, puffy, swollen face, full of allergies, and um, just wasn't really uh, serving our family very well. And, and I knew that, and I grew up really getting um, given homeopathy and uh, lots of vegetables and hey, you know something's going going on with you. Let's give you some nutrients and take you to the chiropractor. And it was it's just kind of that was my paradigm, my reality, and and so yeah, chiropractic really fit with that. So yeah, that's cool. That's how and, I got and, into that. And so at fourteen, you kind of were like, "That's it, I'm doing it for sure." And then you just kind of like went that for that that time forward to be a chiropractor. I, I chose all the subjects at school to make sure I could do that. And I was about 80%, 90% in my head. That's what I was doing. Um, in my last year, I, I did toss, in, uh, toss up a little bit, but whether I should go <laughs> radical and become a pilot or something like that. But uh, <laughs> You sweat uh, right off the grid to drive to, to flying a plane. Just like something <laughs> totally different, you know, just thinking, oh, you know, what about this idea? It was just to make sure I really wanted it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, but, but it was good. So I, I actually, um, our school let us work a, work a bit ahead if we need if we could. And um, so I skipped my last year of school and just went straight to uni and started that, um, at, that at 17. So that oh, was wow. good. So I knew what I wanted to do and just got stuck into it. So That's cool. Yeah. Now, now um, I, again, it's funny because it, it seems like a lot of people I interview and I ask them, why did you choose the school? that you went to, um, a lot of them will end up saying uh, location because it's the only one that's close to them. And it just happens to be that yeah. if you're in, in our model of chiropractic, the school closest to you is, is an amazing school. <laughs> a lot of them, they went yeah. to maybe more, yeah. uh, and again, they're not that the school was bad, but just they might be more of a, more of a mechanistic vibe to it. And so like, did you choose the New Zealand College of Chiropractic because of location or because it was so good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I lived in, I grew up in Auckland. Uh, oh, yeah. Shore in Auckland. Yeah. And, um, so that's where the school was. So it was, it was perfect for me. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, at that point, I hadn't even thought about what was different between different schools. Yeah. In my head, chiropractic was chiropractic. And I had no idea that there were different ways to, to uh, be taught it or think about it or anything like that at that stage. Yeah. It's so true because most of most people don't actually because they just think they're going to go and they just go right so they don't realize. But that's that's yeah. interesting. So so yeah. um, when you went, like, how early was that in the school? So what what year like would that have been of the school? Um, oh, that was so I finished in two thousand and seven. That was my last year. Yeah. Uh, so I think it had. I could be wrong about this, but I think it was around since ninety nine or, or perhaps a little bit. Yeah, before that. that. So she'd been there for, um, for a while. I think, I, think it, I think that was like the first sort of graduates coming out around that sort of time. So it had been there for a while. The school was on its last year of um, the current campus. And uh, they moved to a really nice flash um, place, which is really amazing. Just yep. after we finished. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the school was under the guidance of um, Brian Kelly by that stage and he just had an awesome vision and um, just you know so much energy to bring to it and that just filtered through through to the team the staff and, and everybody there and so you know I think and we had Phil McMaster who was our who's the current president yeah he was there um, as our philosophy teacher and yep. um, you know I remember those classes thinking you know I was 18 at the time by that stage and thinking, you know, well, I just want to do some adjustments. I, I don't understand why I need to listen to all this. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't, didn't have a very big view of, of things at that time. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful that I did have, did have that. And, uh, and it was a good grounding and it, and it, it helped. I think I always saw things, on that angle to some extent because that's what I'd grown up with, but it was yeah. uh, really nice to, to give it more understanding and, and um, you know, perspective 
So, yeah, so it's kind of funny looking back at the time, you're thinking, oh, why are we having these conversations or why are we learning this and that? <laughs> but it was all really, really great in the, in the uh, you know, looking back. So. <laughs> well, it's funny, and a lot of yeah. my, a lot of my, um, my, a lot of my guests on the podcast, it's funny because <laughs> they say when, when I went back to school, I didn't really appreciate it as much as I probably could have because I was so young, but that's just the way you are when you're at school, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was totally in that boat. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's funny. So yeah, I, think uh, I was the youngest in my, I was the youngest in my class, I think, at the time. And and all I, all I could think about was was my was playing with cars and and just trying to make sure I I got through my class as well. You know. <laughs> that's totally so, true. This, this is the pre pre student clinic days when when um you know the first few years when you haven't got that client contact yet in that perspective yeah coming into I, it. I was a little bit of the same where it was hard to really focus when you when you couldn't implement the stuff right away you had to wait for like a year or so to implement it I find it was a little that was challenging for me as well um so yeah. in in school like um what was kind of one of your highlights of being in school um I think it was you, you know you you get exposed to all these different perspectives from all the different supervisors and teachers and you know, you just, you get to learn a little bit from everybody. And sometimes you realize that that way of thinking doesn't mesh with how I see things and, and you get more clear on you know, where your perspective, yeah. um, where, where you're coming from and, and how you, how, what your model is. Um, and I, I think it was pretty special. We had, we had 35 people, we started with 40, finished with about 25 or so by the end of it uh, in our class. It was pretty tight tight-knit group and you yeah. know by the last couple of years we all knew each other so well and you know it was, it was pretty awesome to be able to go through it with that group and at the time you kind of take it for granted a little bit but looking back it was it was pretty neat um made some awesome friends through that time as well mm -hmm. um so yeah those were the highlights really just, just all the different perspectives of what we learn and and being challenged you know challenged with the technique and learning how to how to do it because it's such a new skill and yeah that's a good challenge too yeah that's right now when you um when you graduated um what did you do right after graduation did you start off as associate or did you open on your own how did you start your professional journey um so i, I was really fortunate i i got a job with uh, brian kelly and vicky kelly mm. uh, working with them and and simon kelly uh, you know simon yeah. well yeah. as well um he they Brian and Simon merged their practices, so they were they were all in, in the one roof. One of my classmates came out with me. His name's Harley, and uh, so we all got to um, practice together. We had a team of team of five or six of us, mm -hmm. and so you know I had had amazing people to, to work under. I had uh, the guidance from Brian when he when he was able to be there, um, and then I had lots of great coaching from from Vicky, and then Simon was just an inspiration with his energy and enthusiasm and passion and you know you just see those people every day and how they carry themselves and and how they how they show up and and you realize that, that that's what it takes you know um yeah. and they you know they really put service uh service excellence high on the priority list um and also just really caring gave gave me a, a great environment to work with them and yeah i was really fortunate to have that and and even the associates the older associates there you know um lady georgina she really taught me a lot as well so i was so fortunate to have a whole lot of people just guiding me coaching me and and i was just a sponge just soaking it up asking heaps and heaps of questions and and trying to just absorb as much as i possibly could yeah that's cool and so how long did you stay at, in that associate position um so we, we did two and a half years there uh, and then my wife wanted to move back to Wellington, be with her family. So that's that was when we that's when we decided to make the move. Mm. Okay, so you uh, you decided to go to Wellington. Now, um, did you know right off the bat that you wanted to open your practice in Wellington, or, or or did you start as associate again in Wellington, or how did that move go? Um, oh yeah, no, we we started from scratch uh, ourselves straight away, and I, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I, I, I was very clear in my head about you know, what I had a, had a vision for. How I wanted, what I wanted the practice to look like, uh, and the quality of life I wanted to be able to provide for my family, and that I wanted to be able to do things in my own model and in my own way, uh, just from a learning standpoint. And yeah, 
and the challenge of that. And I felt like I was, because I'd had such great coaching and had been in such a great environment, you know, I think that really fast forwarded my ability to be able to step in at that point, because it's still quite early on in your career. Yeah. Um, looking back to be able to, to do that and make a good go of that. Um, yeah, if I hadn't had the same environment, I, I know that would have taken a lot longer to get to that level. So, mm-hmm. so I was really grateful for that. Yeah. So, so when you, uh, so when you went there, like when you open up for, from scratch, did you, had you been from Wellington or had you been there before? Like, how did you pick your location and how did like, how did you start doing that? Yeah. So, um, we, I visited my wife lots when we were doing the long distance relationship for <laughs> seven months. Yeah. This is when we first met. She was here and I was in Auckland studying and eventually she moved, moved to Auckland when she graduated um, from law uh, as a lawyer and then she just started working there. Uh, but we would come, I'd come, go down every weekend and so I somewhat knew the area, but I had an idea in my head. I just wanted, I wanted a suburban practice and I wanted something like a house on a, on a busy, on a main road. That was what I wanted. Yeah. And I don't know why, but in my head, that's what I always just saw a practice, the practice I wanted. Cool. And um, we wanted to buy, buy a place. So we were really fortunate. Our, um, my wife's family said, oh, if you, if you want to, if you rustle up the deposit, we'll guarantee the loan for you. So you can, you can pay the loan, but we'll, um, we'll be your asset backing, you know? Cool. So we were able to, find this place that was just in the price range and it was a little corner corner section on a busy road and uh it was 80 80 square meters so it's not big mm-hmm. but it, it had used to used to be a shop and it had been turned into a flat so it was easy to get the con- consent to turn it back into a business right and um yeah it was kind of it was perfect it, it was all boarded up and a bit run down and so we we renovated it and partied it up it was kind of uh Funny how the the location. I didn't have enough true understanding about Wellington at that time to know that that was really the best location for us to be in. Uh, and it just, I was just looked after, you know. Like it, there was one other house we were looking at in the suburb over, and you know we could have made it work, but it was just nowhere near as good as where we ended up. So it's kind of kind of funny how you know things can work out. And um, yeah, so that that was the start of that. Just found the right place and then went from there. That's cool. So you're good at manifesting. Uh, for people who are just listening, um, David just said, I, I need to step up and be a little bit more leader and get my get my voice out there. And then uh, after he decided that a week later, I called him to be on the podcast. So <laughs> so you're good. You're a good manifester of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so a question, when you start from scratch, what did you do initially? Because I know there'd be a lot of people who are listening to this that might be plateaued in their practice or they just are starting from scratch. And so what did you do to kind of get your name up there? Yeah. So we went to a woman's lifestyle expo. Mm-hmm. And so that was basically, so we had a month, we moved there, lived with my wife's family. Yeah. And uh, to save, save the overheads, my wife took a real pay cut to move to Wellington, but she just wanted to be with family. So her income was basically covering the business's expenses while, um, and our and our living initially uh, while we were doing it up. Took a loan, got that all fitted out. I spent a month painting and um, just doing all the, uh, all the fitting out and things like that alongside a builder. And I feel like that was actually quite good for me because it gave me a month to just change gears in my head and, and kind of kind of uh, reset from, from the busyness of Auckland yeah. and, um, and get clear on what I wanted, um, you know, going into it. And um, we went to this expo and we booked in 40 people that weekend. Oh, my wow, wife yeah. and I just manned the, manned the stand, both of us. And um, <laughs> it was a great weekend. Yeah, we were, we were really fortunate to, to book in plenty. And that just got us, you know, really, lots of people started here straight off the bat and that got us, got us us going we're able to cover our overheads straight away from then so so that was nice and um i spent a few months doing doing just uh working by myself as yeah. uh, without any cas yeah. and my wife would actually come after she finished her, her work day she'd come at like 5 30 sort of thing and we'd book ev- everyone at the end of the day and um <laughs> just cluster book everybody for her so she could work yeah, her double job cl- so she has two jobs yeah, exactly 
then we go like five feet or seven thirty or five feet or seven and we're just like cluster book and everyone's like oh this place is pumping you know <laughs> and then it, it's just that part of the day you know yeah yeah and um so that, so that was good so it was um you know people go where people go and so we created created the vibe that way and it was awesome having having that help and after yeah i think it was about three months and then we got got a, a ca coming on after that yeah and um what else we do? I got out there and did some talks to to some gyms. Like there was a woman's gym that I talk talked to about uh, on a on a open night. They had talked about fifty or sixty people there. Yeah. Uh, went to we, we would do community festivals. So Wellington's quite good with that. They've got quite a lot of community days where they'll, they'll, they'll block off a street and they'll put a whole lot of tents and people yes. selling this and that and services and things and um, brings out good crowds usually. So we mm-hmm. can we can go to those sorts of things, and often you might have forty or fifty people book in across the the team from something right. like that. So it's a great way to great way to get chiropractic out there, and mm-hmm. um, get your you know your chance to get that out to lots of people, and um, yeah, because people don't know what don't really know what chiropractic's about, as you know, and yeah, you know what what we really do. So so it's so good to get out there and get that message out. Um, what else do we do? That was the main thing. The, uh, initially, at that point, yeah. as I went through further into practice, I also uh, made a lot of good connections with practitioners. So I'd, I'd go and see an acupuncturist myself, and thinking, "Oh, you know, I'll try this acupuncture thing um, out of interest." And then ended up once I started referring some people to to him, I got some people back, and totally. um, yeah, it's really that. I don't know where I heard it, but you know, if you want to get referrals, you've got to be a referral master yourself. So. I yeah. just keep referring people to different things, and uh, and that was really good for me getting referrals back. Yeah, massage therapists and um, like a weight with the nutritional side of what I do. Um, different groups would come in through that, and then I'd talk to them about chiropractic as well. And so, yeah, that's, that's how cool. I got started. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think and we were in a good location, so we had a we had a great location. So we'd have a lot of people just seeing our seeing our, our practices are driving by as well and coming in off the street. And right. um, we also did well with the, uh, because we were the only practice in that part of town that was doing um, all the Google search engine optimization work and had a proper yes. website. There was a couple of chiros working from home, but I think they would, they just had young kids and they were just kind of working like on the side, just based on word of mouth. And so they didn't really have websites or anything. Right. So we were the only practice in, in that whole part of town. Um, and that was the other reason I liked that that end of town was because there wasn't any other practices. I thought, you know, this is a this is an open market here, yeah. and so we got a lot of Google new clients too, which was which was always really helpful, you know, versus being in a place where there's a whole lot of other practices. So. Yeah, no, that's that totally that's, that's totally true. Like it's funny because when we I had practiced for first ten years in one location, then we moved to another location that was like highly dense with chiropractors, and, uh, yeah. and it's funny like we've never really had a lot of foot traffic uh, because we've always mm. practiced in an area that's had quite a few chiropractors. And so that's good. Yeah. That's a good tip. You gotta if you have a new grad, if you if you get to a place yeah. where there isn't because people. Um, it's just like, for example, for me, I was like looking into yoga and so, but I'm only looking at place that's like within a five minute drive from my house. Cause I don't want to drive a long ways to go to a yoga place. So it, it, yeah. it is, it is nice if you're the one in that location. Cause if, if people mm. are starting a care plan and they got to drive there regularly and people are really busy nowadays, it's, it is nice for them to be closer in that location. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, initially you just got to get, get that critical mass up of people who know about you and and, you know, and what you do and how you work. And, and after that, it takes care of itself. But you've got to, you, you need all those bums on seats, so to speak, initially, just to just to get you, get yourself out there. So Create those raving fans at the beginning. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, um, you actually grew quite fast then. And, and so like, just kind of tell us like, kind of when did you decide that, or, or how did you know it was time for you to get your first associate when you started growing? Um, well, after, I mean, so I, I was actually like, when I first started practice, I was, I had just finished the applied kinesiology course as well. Yeah. Um, and so I was, bringing in nutrition into what I was doing as, at that point too, which was new for me because uh, with, with, uh, with the Kellys, I was doing like a three across just straight Cairo model. Yeah. And um, which I think 
looking back, it was so good to have that only as my as my starting point because your base. Yeah. it really made sure I worked on my communication and my adjusting skills. And if I had all that other stuff that I was trying to get my head around at the same time, it would yeah. have been it would have been quite hard, you know. So, um, so anyway, so when I got to that, so I started bringing that into it, and so it did mean my visits were a bit longer, yeah. and um, because I was still figuring out how do I make this flow work within my within my practice, and, yeah. and so my capacity relative to the hours I was doing wasn't huge. Um, so I got to a point where I was, uh, I was seeing about a hundred a week, and I was like, this is my the hours I want to I want to work right now relative to I'm still managing the business I'm still training the CAs because at mm-hmm. this point I was doing all those things too, yeah. um, and you know between doing all of that that was sort of and and doing the longer visits so I was like that was a lot of output totally. even though it was only, even though it didn't seem like a lot of visits from a number standpoint, um, and so after you know sort of nine months or so we just couldn't we were turning people away often when they were calling. Right. So, so yes, yeah, so we started about June. So by the end of the following year, so about eighteen months later, um, that's when our associates started. So I knew that it was time when we were turning people away consistently, and we couldn't put them in. So, them in, totally. and I knew I had to get faster, but I knew that that was going to take some time. Yeah. And there was just so much. Like at that point, I was, I was just hell bent on learning so much of that nutritional functional nutrition naturopathy aspect because i also have a huge passion for that so um i wanted to make sure i gave that the space as well Mm -hmm. and um you know so so that meant that i was going to keep my keep my capacity pretty similar for a while so i thought you know it's time to bring bring somebody on yeah Mm-hmm. Now, now, how did that work too? Because, like, when you bring an associate on, first off, the well, any time, was it a new grad or was it someone who's already established? New grad, yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's a guy uh, named Albert who who I'd known for. Um, I'd been adjusting him back when I was in Auckland. He'd come in to see me for adjustments. Yeah. And um, so, actually, he was looking for a job, and his his girl his girlfriend, who he not long after proposed to. Was and was from Wellington, and uh, she was in Wellington, and so he he decided that it would be good to come to Wellington. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so so it was it was a nice uh, you know it worked worked really well for him, and and we knew each other well already, so it was it was a good fit personality wise. We're both um, alphas as well, so it was really easy to communicate just straight to the point about just anything straight that up. was coming up. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know that made it really. It made it really simple, and um, that was really looking back. That was really helpful for me because if I maybe had a different personality of associate at that point, that might have been harder, you know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and so he just you know he he, he came in fast learner, and yeah, really smart guy, and was able to just pick things up quickly. And 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 when the practice is smaller like that, it's it's easier to have quite you know frequent. You know, catch up between people here and there when you get a little break, um, going over some technique and uh, trainings every week, and um, it was really easy to have you know lots of meetings and you know over over a cup or what have you. Mm-hmm. So that so that was that was really good, and so he he got going really well, and um, so I was thinking, oh, you know, this associate thing is is awesome, you know, it, it's just it, it's great fun, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and I learned over time that they're not all as as simple as that. So <laughs> right. So it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, parents that have their first baby that's just a dream and sleeps through the night and is all perfect, and so they decide to have a bunch more, and then the next one doesn't sleep <laughs> or something. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like this parent thing is easy. I should do it all the time. So so like um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was good that you both were the that good personality because again, there's, there's still quite a bit of work, right? Like when you bring on an associate to yeah. get them up to speed, and and uh, they have to have a drive themselves. Um, what kind of are the what are the top few learnings that you have discovered um, hiring quite a few associates? Because even now, like you said, you have six, right? So, um, what, what like for say a, a chiropractor out there who's considering getting an associate, what kind of words of advice? Would you have them? Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's tricky to sum sum up quickly, but um, I would yeah. say I'd say you need to make sure the personality fit works with you. Yeah. Um, you can't teach you can't teach certain things. So, right. what's their why? Are they passion? 
I so when I interview someone now, I want to know what their why is before anything else because right. if if they don't have a why that's big enough to like get them out of bed out in the morning and pro- propel them to just want to bring passion to work every day, then then I don't then I'd rather they don't work with us because you know I think that's the foundation that underpins everything. Um, yeah, they just have to have have that uh, some warmth and enthusiasm to them just as a person as well. That's that's hu- hugely important. Uh, be open to learning and you know, coachable. Uh, be driven. You know, have 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 a vision for themselves that you know some like a, a bigger vision for themselves ideally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, I really I really focus on that why first and foremost and the personality. Because I think if they've got that, and if they've got good hands, you know, it's even just with their palpation, the adjusting skills, you can coach and teach over time. But those, um, the personality and the why, you know, so crucial. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing. Um, and and then it's it's understanding that you you really it's it's just like working with clients, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. In the sense that you you need to understand what makes the person tick and what what drives them. Understand that you can't hold a bigger vision for them than they hold for themselves at that point in time or have a bigger goal for them than they have for themselves at that. I mean, you can invite them to stretch themselves, yeah. but you can't do the work for them. So you can't make your, you can't make your client do the exercises or eat better or, <laughs> or fall to through care. Time or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'll work on their headspace or what have you. Yeah. So, um, so, so, you know, it, it, it took me a long time to understand this. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, really understanding that the main thing I, so I, I work a lot on communication principles and the headspace nowadays with the associates and when they're new, we spend a lot more time on the technique, but yeah. after a while, you know, the technique is something that, uh, we, we might do bits and pieces of here and there, but I feel like, you know, once you've been in practice three or four years, you can always find a seminar to help refine that, yeah. but you need constant training on the headspace and the uh, communication side of things and um yeah just a thought process that goes into the success mindset you need you know in practice and um yeah does that does that answer that or? that totally does and but i was just i was just just to make it a little bit more tangible because i know but it's just i'm also interested give me an example of maybe a headspace uh issue that you might be helping an associate with well uh, a lot of it is uh like there's there's often pretty small thinking yeah, you know, that's that's um, so. When I say you know they might come in with a big vision and they they understand the potential of chiropractic and how that impacts the community and um, you know the wider impact, but they're thinking of how they're going to what they what they see for themselves is often a lot smaller than what they're capable of. Right. Um, so that that's one. The other one is is. Uh, yeah, we talk. We do a bit of NET, and we talk about um, like do a bit of affirmations, and we talk about things like um, people feeling feeling worthy of their success, or um, like even like you know those times in practice when you when you just have this you do this amazing adjustment, and you just know that that was just incredible, and <laughs> the um, the power of that, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or sometimes you have this conversation, and you just strike this note with this person and, and that's, they're never going to look at something the same again after hearing that. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. And you just go, that's really powerful. And, and it's being okay with being that powerful in that moment in that way. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. most of us are, you know, taught to be pretty meek and pretty humble. And I mean, I, I'm the same and I I've certainly was taught that way myself. And, and one of the things I had to get over for myself was to realize that, it's okay to be powerful in these ways, in these moments and, and to embrace that and love that and um, feel worthy of that rather than to kind of block that and keep playing small and, and staying super sort of meek. Do you know what I mean? So I totally do. It's so, so funny. Brandy yeah, always calls so that's that the, huge. It's like just unleashing yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brandy always calls that the crack cocaine of chiropractic is when you kind of <laughs> when you yeah. when you, when you see the light bulb go on in the in the practice members' eyes and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Or you know, or you or you get these people adjusted and it's just yeah. that, that changing their nervous systems, changing their life, and 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 you know you can you can kind of embrace that or you can like shy away from acknowledging how much of an impact 
you know, you're having and, and keep your thinking small and you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's, that's a big one. Um, and, the, and the other big thing is, is I see the, dif- the difference really is that we do have thing, you know, in, in practice yeah. where, you know, how, how you're being in your day and in your life and how you're, how you're caring for yourself. It's just huge. So I find the biggest thing that, that shifts, that, that blocks the associates is it tends to be their personal uh, one, their investment uh, in their in the headspace in terms of how where chiropractic sits in their hierarchy of importance, I think, in their mind. Yeah. Um, how much energy and attention they put into it outside of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and also their health, you know, so so none of the none of the team are unhealthy by any stretch. Right. Uh, and no, no associative we had has been unhealthy, but you know that they could do a couple of key things and lift that health to another level. And then you've got so much more to give. And when you've got more to give, then you get the opportunity to give it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that's a big thing I've always really focused on for myself. I know that if I watch how I, how I think, um, how I'm, you know, my sleep, all that sort of thing, if I can, if I can keep myself healthy, or at least as close to how I want to be health-wise as I can relative to everything that's happening, yeah. then I know that I'm going to have have the, the book I want to have on, you know, come Monday or what have you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 100%. And if I no, don't have the book I want to have on Monday, I know it's it's partly because of that. <laughs> totally. That's great. That's good. Like you yeah. said, if your schedule looks looks pretty thin the next week, you're like, what am I doing? Like, what am I yeah. looking after myself? Because that's the thing is some people look out to blame something or maybe my staff didn't book yeah. it or somebody, but yeah. like the, a lot of time that's the, I think the powerful self-aware person is the one who looks inside and go, Hey, am I ready for it? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, a name, a guy, a chiropractor said to me, anytime you're quiet, just go look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> now, now, like, quick, quick, good one. Yeah. <laughs> now for, for you, cause I know you said you focused on your health. Has there been any time where you've kind of got off track and got a little bit burnt out? Well, in my in my teens, I, I, I certainly wasn't as healthy as I needed to be, and I, you know, I, I saw a Cairo who was doing nutrition and AK and everything when I was thirteen, fourteen, and they said, get off gluten, get off dairy, you know, sort of um, stop eating sugar, and I wasn't eating a bad diet. I was having a you know a pretty standard sort of sort of diet, but um, I just didn't tick well on those foods. Maybe that was from all the antibiotics when I was a kid and the gut not being quite as balanced. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really listen at that stage. I was just like, no, nah, that was, that was not happening. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I got to, I got to third year in Cairo school and, and I was like, I've got a lot more to give than what I'm, what I'm giving. And I, I can, I can be better than this. And, and then I decided to listen to the advice from ages ago. So, so yeah. that helped me heaps. And that really changed my perspective on how much nutrition, like getting the right fuel for your body type how much that changes how you function and um, yeah. what you can bring in your day. And so that, that was, that was a, like a foundation there. Um, there was a time when in 2014, uh, we just had our first child eight months earlier and I thought it'd be a good time to start a second practice. And <laughs> it probably wasn't looking back. It wasn't the best time to start the second practice. Yeah. And, uh, and I had to learn about adrenal overload and, um, firsthand and really understand, you know, how am I going to balance myself? How am I going to, how am I going to balance how I, how I process stress? And so I had to really think about my headspace a lot. It was looking at, um, what am I putting mental energy into? Um, you know, wh- what am I committing to? Is there times when I actually need to say no? Is there more times when I need to, um, not go a hundred percent in that sport that day and just go 85% of the output or maybe, <laughs> Just not go quite as long. like with my basketball, for example. You know, I, yeah. um, you know, I was I was just always the energizer bunny, always running, running, running on the court, and uh, it's just realizing you know you don't have to run yourself right into the into the ground, and you need to have that keep that little bit in reserve when you've got lots going on to, to balance outside of your sport as well. And um, yeah, just just looking at where I was putting my energy and how I was how I was thinking was the biggest thing because I was wasting so much energy with all my thought processes. Yeah. And I actually wasn't giving my brain quiet time. Right. Having that having that mental quiet time is just so important. Um, people always think about their physical output and that that's how they use their energy. But 
forgetting that that mental output is is, is just so vital to um, balancing your energy. Totally. So yeah, it was just it was just realizing, hey, this is a time where I actually need to not mull over things to do with the practice, having boundaries in my head, actually, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that goes to, to the next point too, because um, tons of chiropractors, we travel all over the world and a lot of them are, are kind of burnt out because, you know, they, they, uh, well, hopefully they're getting adjusted re- frequently enough. Some of them aren't, but, um, but I was wondering if you could, cause again, you deal with this all the time. What kind of advice would you have for those chiropractors who've kind of like burnt the candle at both ends or kind of a little bit frayed and, and frazzled uh, because you have such a, a good history and nutrition and all that stuff with the background. What kind of things, I know everyone's different, but like kind of what are some things you can maybe get chiropractors to focus on to kind of slowly turn mm. the ship around? Yeah. So, I mean, from a physiology standpoint, um, on a biochemistry level, you want to make sure you're producing energy well to start with. So all the nutrients you need for that. So, get into your Q10s and, and your, your B-complexes and your magnesium and your zinc. And um, starting with that is huge. Um, balancing the blood sugars. So a lot of people don't pay enough attention to the fuel. So protein and fats every meal. When you're having carbohydrates, they need to be low GI so they can last you between meals. If you can't go five hours between a meal, then your fueling's not right. You know, you should be able to, to last on that. Um, and yeah, dealing with any anything that's disrupting the way you're processing your sugars or absorbing your nutrients. So this because this is your gut health, um, common things, you know, fungal overgrowth, that type of thing. Um, and making sure, yeah, so that's that's a, on the biochemistry level. Obviously, getting enough sleep is is hugely important. Um, and then keeping active and moving because that's that actually really energizes you. And it's like it's forced mental rest, isn't it? When you when you get moving, so. But just don't, not not overdoing it. So you know, I say to people, if if you're feeling like you're a bit burned out, just do half of your max. So you kind of do a workout you feel like you could do a whole time over again. So you could so half of your max. That's good. And that, that tends to mean you've got plenty left in the tank for later. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, I mean, I've learned so much from you guys over the last three or four years, uh, headspace wise, looking at looking at um you know, what's my thought processing and, you know, what I think sometimes it's not even things you've said, but it's just getting me to understand how to, how to introspectively look at how I'm thinking. And, and, uh, and it's always looking at, looking at why, why am I thinking that thought, you know, where's that come from? Yes. Once you know that, then, then you can shift the, you can take away the drain, you know, cause it's just a, it's just a waste of energy essentially. And um, some of those things are harder to shift than others. But if you keep working in them, you look back after a year and you go, man, that's, that's really different. Mm-hmm. But it's just chipping away at it little by little. Um, yeah. And, and um, sometimes it's knowing when you need to button back a little bit and just go, hey, maybe I, I need one. Maybe I need some, uh, maybe I need some staff help, uh, extra help, or maybe I need to outsource more. Or maybe I need to actually do one less shift a week um, right. and get some me time. Yeah, that's that's important. Like at the moment, we just had our, our third child, and so I've actually dropped a morning shift for the uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, so that I can be at home with the kids, help my wife out more, give her some, hopefully give her some time to, you know, see some friends or do some exercise or something she wants to do, um, <clears throat> and then I've shortened some of my other shifts so that I can do my meetings with our, our associates before I go and pick up my daughter from school. Right. Um, which means instead of me, because I was doing those in the evenings after dinner, and it just made my day quite long. <clears throat> right. And so I know for me to be able to bring my best for the associates, for the family, for the clients, I can't be doing what I was doing but having a third child in the mix. Because it's like you guys always say, if you're going to add something, you've got to take something away. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, just keep adding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so so that's that's like an example of that, just knowing, you know, how am I balancing this and, I talk to the clients a lot about, because um, I see a lot of people in that sort of burnout sort of situation, and I say, you know, you've got to think about your, your deposits and withdrawals, and yep. um, a lot of the time we're showing up in the overdraft, and we want to have a nice savings savings account buffer so we can, you know, we can have, have those days where we do withdraw more than we deposit, but we're still not in the overdraft, because once you're there, you're paying all your interest. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> No, that's great. So um, I, I always like to um, ask the Terminator question. I've heard, I've heard, I think you might have heard this one before. Uh, we, we fly back in time and you can time travel and talk to your younger self. Um, 
what, where, where would be, where could you've used in your life some advice and what would you say to yourself if you could zip back in time and, and talk to your younger self? Well, if I saw that teenager self who didn't uh, follow the advice, I would you, okay, you ring your neck or ring your uh, youngest self neck. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then nourish, nourish myself better as a teenager. But, um, you know, parents everywhere would go, Oh yeah, I can never get the teenagers to eat well. You right. know? <laughs> um, but uh, no, that's, that's the earlier one. But really it would be going back to when we started that second practice and the, and the baby was, our first child was, was so young. It, it just wasn't the best timing. And, yeah. it, and it did put my, I did put myself under a lot of pressure with that. Um, I also, at that point in time, I set up that second practice when I didn't, you know, I somewhat relied on the, the associates to, that, that, uh, the associate to help make that work financially. Right. And, um, I never like, I never liked the practice to rely on what the associates bring in to, for it to work financially. Yeah. Because I feel like it, it just changes the feeling about it. And I always like it to be, be where, you know, anything that you that you earn from the associates seeing people really is just kind of the cherry on the top. Um, and, and I feel like it's a much better dynamic that way. It means yeah. that, you know, I, I really just see the, see those associates as a way of, you know, I get to give back for the good training I had when I was, um, you know, first started as an associate. And also I know that if I'm, I want Wellington to have more chiropractors. So this is yeah. a way to bring more chiropractors to Wellington and, uh, and I want them to have a good brand of vitalistic chiropractic. So, so we can provide that as a team. Uh, and I know that if I'm helping, oh, mostly we bring on new grads. So I know if we're helping new grads for the first few years of their career, then, you know, that's going to help, help give them, help set them up to give good care to people in the future. So, you know, mm -hmm. so that all sits well with me. Yeah. That's great. No, that's cool. Um, I just also just want to say uh, to you, just for listeners out there, is that we uh, we're doing um, our shift unplugged. We do it at three different places throughout the year, and uh, we're doing it in in Kingscliff again this year. And I was just wondering because you came to our unplugged last year in Kingscliff in Australia, and I was wondering if you could yeah. just tell the listeners yeah. um, just how was your experience um, at the unplugged? Oh, it was great. I mean, there's so much time to get to talk to the other people there. So we had a, had a dinner on the Friday night or was it the Thursday night? Friday night. Was it yeah, a Saturday? It was, it was yeah, Friday, Friday night yeah. and then all day Saturday and Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we had the dinner Friday night and, um, you get to catch up with me to hold it. For me, I didn't really know many of the people in person, so it was good to get to meet people mm -hmm. and, um, just such a great community of like-minded, like-minded chiropractors and you know, everyone's sort of, humming on the same frequency, so to speak, in the sense it's got that vitalistic headspace and, and uh, everyone's just really open to wanting to help each other and learn from each other. And mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was very recharging and uplifting, which was great. And then on the Saturday, <clears throat> lots of uh, good questions getting you to think about, you know, why you do what you do or how you do what you do. Yeah. Um, and so I went back with some real clarity on, on some action steps I needed to take. And um, one of the big things I learned from one of the people there was to outsource more um, in my family life. So we have a bit more help around the house now. Oh, good. It's been good. It allows me to be more present with the kids instead of you know, focusing on the housework and uh, as much. And yeah, I just felt like it was, it was really, we also went through some really great uh, communication Things to do with, say, talking to uh, that that one we talked about how to communicate chiro pediatric chiropractic in a vitalistic way, yeah. and um, and how to really get at people's uh, talk about people's why so that so that you could you could get to what was really gonna you know kind of drive them and motivate them to uh, inspire them. So it's an out, an inside out way of um, getting them to to push themselves through care plan rather than you having to keep pulling them through it all the time. So that was right. really great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And anybody out there who's in, uh, who's listened to this, that's in uh, New Zealand or Australia, uh, you can go to trueconceptseminars.com and we still have some spots available for that in May. So um, in closing, um, I always like to leave the floor to my guest and, uh, and just kind of share what are, what would be your parting words of wisdom for um, all those vitalistic chiropractors from all over the world? Um, it'd be, be clear on your values. You know, we're, 
where chiropractic sits on those values and make sure that you don't get that all mixed up because otherwise that's a, a huge drain to you. Yeah. Um, and find out, like, get, work out what model you absolutely love. And, and, you know, so even within vitalistic chiropractic, there's different ways you can, totally. you can practice that technique, technique-wise and so on. And it's, it's getting really clear on that so that you just absolutely love what you're doing every day. And if you, if you love what you're doing every day and you're clear on your why and your values are in line, then, you know, you, everything's just so much more efficient. But at the same time, that propels you through each day and you come to work just loving it and excited rather than, you know, sort of feeling incongruent and getting, getting stuck and, and drained. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Now, if, the, if anybody wanted to reach out to you and just sort of say, hey, I have a question about, uh, about anything like as far as associates or sometimes nutrition stuff because you have such a good background, how could someone reach you with a question? Uh, so it'd be Dr. Cumley, so uh, C-O-M-E-L-Y. Yeah. at totalhealthchiro.co.nz. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Well, I, uh, I, I really want to thank you and I appreciate you for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been good fun. It's yeah, it, it, it wasn't too stressful, right? No, 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 it was good. It was good. <laughs> Worked it up to be more, more tricky than it was. Yeah, that was great. That's, hey, and that's a good lesson, right? That's a good lesson. Sometimes we, we, we play it in our head more than exactly. in real life, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dave. Well, thanks so much for being on the on the on the show. Um, and every and for everybody out there, like we covered a lot of stuff as far as like growth, leadership uh, in chiropractic with associates, um, talking about nutrition and how to keep yourself on track. And I think you can take a lot of lessons from that. And so, um, our whole goal is to get chiropractors healthier. Like we said, in order for chiropractic to thrive, we need thriving chiropractors. And and we always talk about um, good self care. And uh, so I hope you can take some good points for that so that you can keep shifting on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.